Series 2, Episode 14, Four Vital Questions. Question 4, Leaving. What is wisdom? What does that word even mean? How can we implement wisdom in our everyday lives? Psychiatrist and executive coach Dr. Sunil invites you to join him on a transformational and sacred quest to experience meaning, purpose, and fun in both your life and work. These podcasts will not only empower you to wisely navigate through a confusing world, but to grow in body, mind, and spirit, which will ultimately have us Dancing with Wisdom. Welcome to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast, as we invite you to join us on this quest to make sense of life. Hi, my name is Sunil Raheja. And I'm Elliot Frisbee, and we are on part four, stage yes. four of the four vital questions. That's four right. Four vital questions, which we find in chapter eight of your book, Dancing with Wisdom. Yes. And I'm just going to jump straight there. Okay, question number one was being. If I'm going to be a person I can live with, what kind of person will that be? We, we covered that. Um, I say covered that. I mean, it was just, we started. We, we started. I mean, you can't cover any of this really in full detail unless we explore, which we invite you to do with us. Of course, question number two was relating. You know, how do I relate with others, my family, my friends, and finding a healthy balance? Three, which we have just done, is doing, which was a lot more, Sonny, that was a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. Such a simple question was not simple in the slightest. Yes. Okay, four, leaving. All right, so I'm not. Really, so we'll need to cover this one in, in depth. Finally, when my life comes to an end, what do I want my legacy to be? Yes. Okay, so it sounds straightforward. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Well, it, in one sense it is, but in another sense it's, 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 it's big stuff. It's deep stuff about what do I want to be remembered for? How am I going to live in the light of eternity in the future? I mean, that's, that's the big question that, you know, my time here on earth is finite. How am I going to make the most of this finite time? And again, that was brought home to me in a big way on the 17th of March, 2014, when a good friend of mine, Abhishek Banerjee, who my book, Dancing with Wisdom, is dedicated to, he died suddenly at the age of 32, and it was completely out of the blue. It rocked my world. But one of the big conclusions I came to was that this life matters and the way we live has consequences. Was this a vital question for you prior Experience. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, in the process of writing the book, I've, I've distilled it down to four questions. I don't think I could have articulated it that way. But there is a sense of, you know, what is the purpose of what I'm doing and, and does what I do matter? And we live in a very secular worldview and world culture that says this life is all there is. Live for today. Don't worry. Think about the consequences. Just enjoy yourself. Eat, drink and be merry because tomorrow we die. And you think, well, if that's the case, then what's the point of anything, really? Well, that suddenly goes into responsibility as well. That's yes. not being responsible. And we talked about that, yes. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So, my, so my question is to you, do you have an answer for yourself? You don't have to share it, but do you know the answer yes. to this for yourself? Or are you still searching? No, well, I mean, it's, it's funny. I've done some work in terms of uh, life mission statements, and mine, I'm happy to share it, is because it's, you know, it's related to what I do, and, and I'm, I'm trusting this is the re you know, for the rest of my life but it's to live confidently and joyfully, anticipating eternity with excitement while inspiring and equipping others to do the same. And I think it's that's the ultimate big picture view of life. How long did it take you to get there? <laughs> I mean, much. it's a relevant question because 
Because at the end of the day, is this something we go, right, I'm going to go away now and go, right, I've decided well, no, that I yeah. was made the best donuts in the world. Yeah. You know, how... I mean, this is related to the doing question, which we looked at in the last podcast. You experiment with life. You, you, you try different things. You look at where things that resonate with you. You look at things that you're passionate about. And I did do some specific exercises in 2020. I finished my job with the NHS and I've entered a new chapter in my life. And I really want to think, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I want to do things with the rest of my life that prepare me for the end of my life. And when actually, yeah, when I turned 40, I read a fascinating book. For, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you my age. At the, at the time of this recording, I'm 55 and a half. Okay. Don't forget the half bit. But, I'm, but when I turned 40, you know, that classic middle age, they say 40, thinking about what had I done with my life, what I achieved, comparing myself, unfortunately, to other people and thinking I haven't done as much as them. You know, hitting that little niggling thing. I came across a book which really encouraged me. It's a book by a guy called Gordon MacDonald called The Resilient Life. And in it, he's a runner and he talks about the marathon runner and says the marathon runner aims to finish the marathon with a sprint. And then he looks at life in its fullness. And he says, you know, being someone who's a, a disciple of Christ, he says, when you read the Bible, you see that the majority of people in the Bible actually finish badly. But there are people who finish very well. And he says that people who God uses tend to be, not all of them, but a lot of them, in their 60s, 70s, 80s, even older. And this was the thing that was so encouraging to me. He said, like a marathon runner, we should pace our lives so our most productive and fruitful years are actually at the end. And which, you know, which turns this world and its, you know, and its priorities on its head because this world celebrates youth and 20-year-olds and all that kind of stuff. We say, no, 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 your productive years, most fruitful years, your most significant years should be in your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And then you go out like the marathon runner does with a sprint into eternity. And I thought, yes, this is what I want. This is how I want to live. And so, I, in fact, I'm only just, I'm only just beginning. I'm only, I feel... Who wrote that? A guy called Gordon MacDonald. How but, old was he when he wrote it? Ooh, I suspect he was probably in his 70s. In his 70s? I think, so, yeah, so, uh, so, so, I think it's great. I think it's a lovely concept. I think it's a really healthy thing to think about as well. And I, I would like to do the same. Hmm. Yeah, but it does make me think that you have to look at his past life and that as well. I don't know what his past yeah, I mean, is. It, well, I mean, it, 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 would it be better to have a consistency throughout well, your think, life? Well, I think the reality is all of us have good, bad and ugly to our lives. All of us have done things that we're proud of, stuff stuff we've not been proud of, we're maybe ashamed or embarrassed by. You know, this in a sense touches on the area of forgiveness that we talked about in a previous podcast. Mm. Is that if I know that I'm truly loved and accepted by the creator of the universe and I know, you see, I know that he accepts me not on the basis of what I do, but on the basis of the love that God has for me in Christ, that gives incredible confidence because some days I'm doing well, some days I'm doing badly. But that doesn't matter. What matters is that my elder brother, Jesus Christ, has died on the cross for me and says to God, don't look at Sunil's record because it's very patchy. Look at my record that is perfect and accept Sunil on the basis of what Jesus has done. Now, that's exciting. That means that I can actually live with confidence and joy because I'm not looking at my performance. 
if you like, you know, it's all an overflow of what God has done for me. I cannot outgive God. God has already done everything for me. So the legacy that I want to leave, huge one, is, yeah, as I said at the beginning, I want to inspire and equip others to live with excitement about eternity because that's what I want to be excited about because the real living hasn't started. This is the warm-up stage for the real living that's to come. So how important Mm. is this question or should this question be to everybody on a day-to-day life? Oh, I mean, hugely important because what I haven't said and, 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 you know, and is that we can live with a plan, but you can, you know, you use the word curveball. You can get curveballs at any time anyway. You know, my friend Bunty died at the age of 32. You know, none of us in, in our wildest dreams could imagine that was going to happen. And so God can take our life at any moment. So that's important. It's important to have plans and ideas about what we're going to do in the future, but we have to hold on to it lightly because there is so much that's out of our control. And, you know, we're, we're, we're discovering that in our world, you know, that's so confusing, complex, chaotic, you know, and it was like that before COVID. It's even more so after COVID like that. Hmm. It's interesting because when you say, what legacy are you going to leave yes. behind? I think a lot of people are like, well, I want, I want to leave a nice house. Oh, yes, that's right. I want to leave a nice house which can be passed down to my future generations who will pass it down to them and then it will all look like Downton Abbey. Um, right. You know, but, but I think as always with wisdom, the wisdom is really leaving something more deeper, something more yes. spiritual, spiritual behind. Exactly. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that one day a long time from now when i'm when i'm gone from this sort of earthly place that my children might go actually do you know what i'm in this situation i remember dad or daddy thinking this saying yes. this and do you know what yeah i'm, I'm, I'm glad i remember that That's and then right. there, there's little wise words are you so exactly I'm yeah, good, yeah. wise words there um but i'll be honest with you i don't know if this is a sh- is this a shallow opinion or not i would love to be able to financially be able to leave them well, of course, something it, as yeah. well i mean yeah, no, that- no. i mean that's not wrong i mean you know we, we we leave you know we build on previous generations and we i mean absolutely we leave things for, for our children but but the problem is i think in our society and cultures that's all we think about okay so i'm, I'm not saying of course you know you, you want to support and help your children and grandchildren and things like that I'm, absolutely i'm not knocking that one bit but what I'm saying is that all you're leaving, just a few possessions and, and some money. I mean, Bill Gates, take Bill Gates. I think Bill and Melinda Gates are fascinating. Bill and Melinda Gates, <laughs> I've got three children, and they did a TED Talk on this, and I, I watched it. It was fascinating. They're going to leave £10 million, pounds, $10 million, sorry, to each of their three children. Now, to you and me, that sounds a lot of money, $10 million. But they're so wealthy that that is only point. of their wealth. The 99.7% they're actually in the process of giving away. And the other big thing about it is, you know, so there's that side of it. They're they're thinking about how they can use what they have to serve others. And that's the legacy they're leaving. And the other big thing to say is the biggest legacy is the character. Because you give money to a person who's not equipped to handle it, then they can easily squander and waste it. You have to have the emotional maturity and wherewithal to handle that. You know, that, that's why you have that classic thing, you know, about people who win the lottery and who, uh, you know, get millions of pounds or dollars from the lottery. 
and it all sounds so glamorous, wonderful. What you don't hear so much about is the fact that those people who get so much money, because they haven't got the emotional maturity to handle it, end up quickly losing it all. And a significant number actually get up in a worse state because they go into huge financial debt. So that's actually become a huge curse upon them rather than any kind of benefit at all because now they're minus several million, you know. And, and I've even talked about what that does to your relationships because suddenly you, you become very wealthy and everybody wants to be your friend and you don't know whether they want to be your friend because of all the money you've got or because they genuinely care about you. Yeah, very true, very true. So, it's so very I want to complex. give us the initial question, which is finally, when my life comes to an end, what mm. do I want my legacy to be? Yes. Okay, so where do people... So, all right, we're saying that it's very important to acknowledge and consider that question. Yeah. So how do you start? I think it starts off with relationships, okay? Because, and this is, I think, one of the is that what is actually going to survive in this world, okay, is everything ultimately is going to go. You know, we're in a studio at the moment, looks, looks nice, looks great, looks pretty, but ultimately it's not going to survive. Ultimately it's going to decay. These bodies that we've got, you know, these healthy, strong guys that we are, you know, we're, we're a real match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> These amazing specimens of health and <laughs> wellness. <laughs> Go back a few years and you may. <laughs> I'm not going to make it, okay? Given a, give, give us 100 years and we'll definitely be, what's the word, worm manure or something like that? <laughs> Is that what we're going to be? But, but no, no. But that, such an uplifting. Yeah, no, 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 no. But, but be realistic. But, but what is it? Is the relationships. That's what's going to last. Relationships are what last. One of my favorite things that Jesus says in Luke chapter 16, he, he talks about this uh, manager who's got a, who's, who's got, who, who, sorry, this, this, this master who's got a manager who's, who's a bit crooked, really. And he basically says, I'm going to get rid of this, this guy because he's, he, he's not really doing his job properly. What the manager does, which is very clever, is he goes to people who owe his master money and says, you owe my master, say, six bushels of wheat. Here's the receipt. Cross it out and make it three. Go to another person. You owe my master uh, you know, 100 gallons of olive oil. Here, here's the receipt. Cross it out and make it 50. And what, what Jesus says is the master commended the manager because although what he did was wrong, he was thinking shrewdly. He was thinking about the fact, I'm going to lose my job and I don't know what to do about if I lose my job, where I'm going to get another. So let me make friends with people who could help me when I no longer have my job. So he used his resources to make friends. For, and what Jesus says, he says, he says, the people of this world are more shrewd when dealing with, with their kind than people of the light. Then he says, use worldly wealth to win yourself friends. So when it's gone you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, the point he's making, my understanding of this is, is you and I are going to die. And we joke about it and we don't want to talk about it, but the truth is we're going to die. I mean, the latest statistic was it is the 100% death rate, okay? You thought COVID was bad? Guaranteed. If you survive COVID, you'll definitely die, okay? That's 100% and no vaccine is going to protect you, okay? Nothing. You are going to die. Well, where are your investments? Going back to this issue about legacy, investments in this life only last for a few years. And, you know, you hand it over to your kids. Who's going to say, you know, this is what, this is the thing that um, Solomon struggled with in Ecclesiastes. You give the money to the next generation. How do you know they're going to not going to squander it and waste it all? You've got no control of that. So he says, so, but if you invest yourself in other people for the life to come, then 
you know, this is, this is one of the things that excites me about scripture is what the, when you read the Bible, what you realize is that death is not the end. You know, there is a continuation. So Elliot, you and I in 3000 years time can have a chat and say, Elliot, I can say, Elliot, do you remember that time when we did those conversations? Do you remember that fun that we had? And, you know, it'd be a bit like talking about, well, we, in November, we did the podcast, didn't we? we? Not the podcast. We did the audio book. We recorded mm -hmm. the audio book that goes with Dancing with Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so, do you remember we did the, the, the audio book in November? And we've got a shared memory. Well, in 3,000 years' time, we will have a shared memory about life here on Earth, the things we talked about and the things we... And that's what's so exciting. And so, and what the Bible talks about the future is, is a world full of people of every tribe, nation, culture, language. You, know, you and I can hang out with Abraham and have a chat with Abraham about what it was like to leave the Ur of the Chaldeans, for example, and trek off to a new land that God was going to show him. I mean, this is eternity we're talking about. I mean, it's, it's just mind-blowing. That's something really worth getting excited about. You see, because what, what I'll be doing in 3,000 years, I'll be talking to saying, I mean, is there a way of doing another podcast <laughs> while we're here, you know? Um, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And it's an, and it's an uplifting um, thought as well, you yeah. know, and, and it, which is lovely. But we're, we're talking... But the, the, about legacy. About legacy. Yes. And so the process of what people should do right now, what should they do right now to start considering what their legacy is going to be, looking at it in a wise, making a wise decision to do that and a positive way. What what can they do? Wow. Okay. So if you have no relationship with God and God's completely out of your out of the picture for you, I think the first step is to start thinking about the question of God. Thinking, you know, what are you living for? Because, you know, the opposite, I think, is incredibly depressing. The opposite is that we live here 80 years if we're lucky. And then we die. And then that's it. And all the good that I do, anything I've done will be forgotten. Can I jump in there? Please. Thank you. I've, I've, I've heard someone say before that they find God in the eyes of their children. Right. I've heard that. Yes. And I get it. Well, it's, it's the innocence, <clears throat> the purity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, well, basically, it's this is just pure joy, poor beauty. This was creation. Yeah. Yeah. So I see... God within my children's eyes. So they that that if people were thinking like that, they could then argue that by serving their children, they are that's that's the but, right but aren't thing you to just do. Looking, I mean, but then isn't the response to that? Well, are you going to ask your three-year-old child about how you handle that difficult client at work? Was <laughs> your three-year-old? I mean, that the, the child. There's an aspect. Well, we've seen that Barbie advert, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's an aspect of of children that is sweet and beautiful. I mean, I don't deny that, but you're only looking at one aspect. You know, it's like, it's like a diamond. You're, you're looking at one aspect of God. You remember, you know, I, I gave you that uh, definition of God. I'm just going to bring it up. It's, it's well worth memorizing if I can find it. Yeah, 19th century definition by Charles Hodd. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth, okay? Okay. So you're seeing something of that goodness, okay? You're seeing something of the purity of God in a little baby, okay? But how can that, that baby, that baby's not God. You're seeing one aspect of the diamond. That's all you're seeing. 
How about having the whole diamond rather than just one aspect? Okay, so let's go let's go back then. So you you said starting off by finding that relationship with God. Now the thing is, I don't think we can actually say that because I think that's really that's a big thing to say. That's, that's, people won't know how to, to yeah. start. I think we need to start simpler. I mean, if we ultimately get there, which is the walk-in to dancing, for dancing, example, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately get there. I think it needs to like be start smaller. So once again, yeah. I'm thinking, could it be um, solitude, um, meditation, Solid- prayer, well, writing yeah. things down? What, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's lots of things. I think it, it is certainly, I mean, I, I do touch it. It's, it's seeing aspects of the infinite and transcendent in the world around us. So you see something of that in a beautiful baby, in a beautiful child. You see that. But you see that also in creation. You go to the Grand Canyon. You go you go to Niagara Falls. You, you, you know, you go to the White Cliffs of Dover. You go, you know, you see that in, in, in an amazing variety of creatures and animals on this earth. The key thing is follow the awe and wonder. I think that's the key thing. That's what that's keep following and following the awe and wonder and see where that leads you. Okay, so I'm just going to go back one more time. So when my life comes to an end, what do I want my legacy to be? Yes. So I think that you can't answer that question until you've done the other three points. Absolutely, yeah. That's what I'm getting from this. So that's why I was. Sorry, I really yes. don't want to, I'm holding back a cough here. Excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> but basically. You can't just go right. I'm going to look at question four, no, because that's no. that's one trying to. That's why I was asking these questions. Yeah. I was trying to explore if you can just go in and do it. No, and I don't think you can. I think no. you do need to look at being. I do think you need to look at relating, and I think you need to look at doing. And yeah. it's at that point you will suddenly start getting an idea of what your legacy will be. You know, uh, it's, it's fascinating because and because we are we are standing on the shoulders of giants who have gone before us, who have made sacrifices, okay, mm-hmm. that enable us to enjoy the freedom and the opportunities that we do. I mean, there are loads of examples, you know, people who have fought through world wars for us to have the freedom that we enjoy, people who have, you know, worked on technology, okay, to enable podcasts to happen. You know, Steve Jobs has died, but he's left an incredible legacy in terms of the iPod, you know, iPhones and technology there. I think of somebody like Abraham Lincoln, who was assassinated in 1865, okay, at a time when America was as divided as Iraq was, if you think about, you know, the Second Gulf War. And he was the ability to unite a nation to make the United States of America. And, you know, his famous line was, you know, somebody said to him, shouldn't we kill our enemies? And he said, the best way to kill my enemies is to make him my friend. And even though he was assassinated in 1865 he was able to, in a sense, as it were, mould the culture of society to make the United States. And fascinating, you know, America's got lots of faults, and we, we certainly know about that at the moment. But what I find fascinating... As, as do we in other places around the world, As we do world, everywhere around the world. But what I find fascinating is that Martin Luther King, when he started his civil rights march in the late 60s, he started from the Lincoln Memorial, basically saying to give equality for black people in America, I'm finishing off what Lincoln started 100 years ago. Hmm. So those are all legacies. See, we're building on those legacies of the past. And so, you know, the baton has been passed on to us. We have the privilege of being alive at this point in history. We don't know how much longer we will be. But let's live every day remembering that we've, you know, that we have responsibility, that our life has consequences. Let's live that with confidence and joy 
as people who know they are loved, who know where they, where they're coming from and where they're going, who you know, have their identity sorted out, who have their relationship sorted out, who are doing the things that God has called them to do, so we can make a difference in this world where there is so much sadness and darkness. Well, I think that's a great place to finish, and and uh, also on the um, Martin Luther King, who's completely awesome. So, uh, really lovely way to finish there. So, let's do a quick forty-five second roundup. Wow! So, I've leg- taken off fifteen seconds for you. Go. Okay, legacy. Legacy in terms of what is my legacy going to be? How am I going to leave this earth? It's got to be founded on on being, doing, and relating. But it's exciting because if you it's living with in the light of eternity, that the real living hasn't begun. But the choices and decisions I make are somehow going to explode in an amazing way in the life to come. Can I just close with a quote from a guy yeah, called course, from, from Chris please, Wright? Please. He's written in a book called The God I Don't Understand. And I end the chapter, chapter eight, with this. He says, the new creation will start with the unimaginable reservoir of all that human civilization has accomplished in the old creation. That's in, this, is, this is the old creation. But purged, cleansed, disinfected, sanctified and blessed. Think of the prospect. All human language, literature, art, music, science, business, sport, technological achievement, actual and potential, all available to us. All of it with the poison of evil and sin sucked out of it forever. Whatever it may be like, we can rest assured that for those who are in Christ, anything that has enriched and blessed us in this life will not be lost, but infinitely enhanced in the resurrection. And anything that we have not been able to enjoy in this life because of disability, disease or premature death, or simply through the natural limitation of time and space, will be amply be restored or compensated for in resurrected life. And so how do we live? We are to live as people who, are not, who not only have a future, but know the future we have and go out and live in the light of that future in preparation for it and characterised by its values. Well, what a great way to finish. Yeah. I can't believe you took more than 45 seconds. You'd be ashamed of yourself. But what a great way to finish. I'm glad you did it. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't your... finished. It's going on forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's hear your thoughts. Uh, if you're on YouTube, do leave a comment, um, subscribe, give it a thumbs up so we can share it with your friends. Uh, the same with the podcast as well. Please do leave a nice review and um, share it with your friends so they can join us on our quest um, of Dancing with Wisdom. You can get hold of Sunil directly by... At drsunil.com. Yeah, and our admin will deal with the request from there. drsunil.com. And you can get hold of me, Elliot Frisbee, at elliot at monkeynutuk.com or get me on the Monkeynut Audiobooks Instagram or Facebook. So, Sunil, pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast, presented by Sunil Rahija and Elliot Frisbee. For details on the Dancing with Wisdom book and its accompanying workbook, please visit drsunil.com. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, then please share it, give it a thumbs up on YouTube and help it to grow by giving it a nice review. Life's challenges can diminish, define or develop you. Which one will it be? Make sure you hunger for the wise one. The choice is yours.